So, Pasty, over the weekend, did you hear about uh, Enzo Amore? Yeah, this guy, he, he can't help but just make a fucking ass of himself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't think any other former WWE superstar could do worse right now. I'm Fat Mac. Wow. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> fire. <clears throat> Holy shit, do we have so much shit. So much shit to go down. It's it's fucking, there's shows and there's news and there's legal obligations, there's pod partners, there's quizzes and there's games and there's lists and there's, oh my, it's like, son of a bitch, we're going all in. God damn, if we aren't all elite, pasty. Yeah, boy. It is a really fun podcast, and if it's fun. They're a lot like us where they'll just go wherever the, the situation takes them. Wherever they start wandering off to, they follow that path and you enjoy it. And as always, again, tell them Beef Sticks sent you. Basically, there's some big fucking news popping this week. Um, or you mean that we've discussed this story that has been talked about before? 
<laughs> and we have. We, we've brought up the last few weeks and we've talked about how there are rumblings about maybe a group being started up. The original rumors was about a Chris Jericho JR group, which seems to have been squashed at this point. But there is a common denominator in there, which is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shad Khan, pasty. Yeah, it sounds like this is, well, obviously it has been said that both Nick and Matt Jackson's names are attached to these trademarks. So this is a Nick and Matt Jackson, Jackson, excuse me, um, venture. And one can only assume that Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and probably the other quote-unquote elites such as Hangman Page and Marty Skrull are involved in this venture. Well, Pacey, what is that? That is the arena of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, kind of ironic. Makes you think that maybe another sports venture would be recorded there. Those three were, although both Jim Ross and Chris Jericho have been adamant that they know nothing about this. That is true. Rumors as of now, at least what I've heard, Paste, you might have heard different than me. From what I've heard, rumors as of now are that Jim Ross and Chris Jericho are, quote, interested in being talents. One would guess that Jim Ross would probably be an announcer and Chris Jericho could be either and or an announcer or booker and possibly an on-air talent. Ooh, muy caliente. I have heard that that's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That's that, that's what I've heard. I mean, from my sources.
I could easily see Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson making their way over there. I, I don't even know. When was the last? Well, I guess you and I aren't watching TV, but when was the last time you've even heard of somebody talking about them? That didn't even exist. We, and we got we got more to talk about that coming up, folks. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, I, I easily that's the safe guess. Um, but pasty. Well, that's what I want to get to, Pasty. If it isn't the Good Brothers, let's say those two guys aren't going. Who who, who do you think it could be? And let's, let's be real about this. Obviously, it isn't Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Okay. It was a good cup of coffee, though. Way more. So I sat down and I thought about it. The first person that came to my mind, if it wasn't the Good Brothers, Goldust. I could see, I could see Goldust going to support Cody Rhodes easily. He doesn't have to go as the Goldust name. He's been he's been multiple other names in multiple other organizations. And Dustin Rhodes, yeah. Oh, well, that's not, yeah, that's not from that. I mean, he did mention that in that. But yeah, that's, I mean, public knowledge. They, they grew up from two different families. They're not even in the same family other than they had the same dad. But yeah, they grew up in two different families. Yeah, but they but they are they are closer than brothers at this point in their life. I mean, they've, they've wrestled together. They've spent time together. They love each other. They, I mean, they've, they've grown to have such a respect for each other. Um, I could easily see gold dust moving on and doing something there. And then my other thought was, what about Dolph Ziggler? Who everybody always talks about leaving WWE, but he never does. And everybody always says he has so much better to, to do than WWE. And he never does. He could be a main event guy over in another wrestling company. <clears throat> uh, at least, yeah. Uh, probably 20 years, but yeah.
a lot of that comes down to how much have you stowed away. If he has enough to retire now, then why not go be a big fish in a small pond? You know what I mean? Because he never has been. Um, if he hasn't, if he's been living wild and crazy, which we haven't heard much of and hasn't saved his money, then maybe your best bet is to stay in WWE. I mean, even if you haven't been living wild and crazy, your best bet could be to stay in WWE. Money means a lot for some. It doesn't mean as much for others. We've heard about so many people who have left because of their creative and maybe don't make as much money. Some make more. You know, as much as some people uh, don't want to admit and I had a whole debate over social media on this this last week. A lot of people who have left WWE mid-card status are making way more money on the indies than they ever were then. Are they making the same amount of money per show, per hour? Maybe not. But when you say that they get 100% of all of their merchandise, and once they get gate sales, and once they get paid hotel rooms and paid travel... They're making more money than they ever made in WWE. Now, we need to get into the uh, meat and potatoes and all this. This is still a, just, just a rumored company. But buying trademarks, buying trademarks is nothing. Buying trademarks means zero. Yeah, that means that they're that they're buying trademarks for things to put on t-shirts, cups, koozies, this and that. Uh, means nothing about having a company. Number two, to be a legitimate and even competitive, which is is far. I mean, would be years down the line. Wrestling promotion. You would need television backing, which is very difficult to come by in this day and age for pro wrestling. We all know what, what Fox and USA have spent for WWE, but WWE is not pro wrestling. Not only do they say that every day, that is a true statement. They are not Ring of Honor. They are not MLW. They are not New Japan. They are not Impact. If they were, all of those companies would have major market deals. So, as of right now, we are still looking at 100% speculation of this being a company. This could very well be the elite taking care of themselves and registering trademarks so that going on down the line, whatever companies they go to, they own everything that they walk into that company with. This may not have anything to do with starting a company. Which, by the way, looks like obviously they're, they're looking forward to having a Tuesday night show, which which would be good. That's the perfect night right now. It seems to be open. But B, Tuesday Night Dynamite is the hokiest fucking name ever. Don't, don't get me wrong, because Major League Wrestling Fusion seems like one of the most hokiest names ever, and I love that show. So that doesn't mean it's bad, but God Damn, Tuesday Night Dynamite seems like some crappy 80s WWF show like that you could easily skip. It's like, god damn, let's 
Oh, the name doesn't make the show. But I wish, as something of the elite, I wish they had come up with something better than uh, 70s dynamite phrase. <laughs> phrase. How do you figure that? How do you figure Tuesday night being taken it to a Monday Night Wars? First, first of all, first of all, if this company is a real company and they have Monday Night Wars, they are bankrupt within a year, one hundred percent. No, no, Pacey, one hundred percent. This is proven. I got facts to back this up. You can't. There is no other wrestling company that will ever make so no if they if they were doing a Monday Night Wars thing 100% they're bankrupt within a year with less than a year Right but to I guess I guess what I what I see that as would be the follow up to uh, to uh, SmackDown. I don't think a startup company is gonna get a seven to ten slash eight to eleven. So I'm guessing they're getting the midnight to two or midnight to one slot. And I would guess what they're hoping is that as soon as people are done with SmackDown, they'd turn over to to their Tuesday Night Dynamite. Would would be my guess. It would, no, it wouldn't, because nobody would ever see their show. Why would you say it'd be interesting? Nobody would ever see their show. You do, there's, there's, pasty. There are facts and numbers to back that up. You can't say you don't know about that when this is 100% proven that no, nobody would see it. Yes, this is, yes, this is pasty. This is literally another company going up against them. A hundred percent. After they built themselves up, it could be different. But no, you cannot start your company going against WWE and expect to get any kind of ratings. Um, TNA, TNA proved that. And that was against the T, uh, WWE pay-per-view? Right? Right? No, 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 wait. You just said that. So I want you... No, you just said it was against the WWE pay-per-view. Yes, you did. TNA is the perfect uh, example here. They went against WWE, and they were in a way better spot than this company will be in within five years' time. And they couldn't. WWE is just a different... WWE is not a pro wrestling show. You can't compete with them. And it'd be stupid. Nobody with any business acumen is going to say, I'm going to compete with WWE. What they're going to say is, I want to create the best wrestling company I can create. And I'm going to compete against the other wrestling companies. If... I don't think that the Bucks, I don't think Cody, I don't think any of those guys even want to compete with WWE. Why would they want to? 
That's a completely different entity. WWE makes movies and does reality TV. That's what WWE does. No. <laughs> they make YouTube shorts. Those are YouTube shorts. It's called Being the Elite. I can look it up on YouTube. It's not a reality series. It's Number one, it's a scripted program that they act in, which we all love. Th those are, but those are, quote, reality TV. They're not YouTube shorts. So, uh, being the elite is... Being the elite does bring in more viewers than Total Bellas and... Being the elite brings in more viewers than Total Bellas and... I, I love you, Pasty. Before we started recording, you said, don't be negative. And then you come at me and say that, A, being the elite has more viewers than Total Bellas and Total Fucking Divas... And you said that uh, and you said that all in went head to head with the WWE pay per view and beat them out. How am I? How am I not supposed to be? No, the thing is, I asked you if that's what it is, and you double backed on it. Pacey, I could sell out a fucking five fucking seat Chuck E. Cheese if somebody asked me to. I will, but that doesn't mean I'm as good as uh, that doesn't mean I'm as good as the VFW down the street that'll sell out a 25 seat fucking Chuck E. Cheese or their own venue to serve beer. I mean, you can't just compare one thing to the other. <laughs> I want this is good. This could take over Ring of Honor. This could take over Impact. This could take over MLW. This could take over New Japan. It can't take over WWE, Pasty, and I don't think they want to. No, they don't. No, the Good Brothers, the Good Brothers are not superstars. <laughs> the Good Brothers are not superstars. They're they're just fucking talent. <laughs> I love them. I love them, and I think they're more talented than ninety-five percent of the people that get on TV. I'm not. I'm not holding that against them. I say them in WWE's eyes. They're not superstars. They're talent. <laughs> I am excited for this, though, Pasty. It could be it could be the breakout news of 2020. For sure. And and Holy shit, now you're getting racist. What'd you say? Oh, I thought you said racist started. Yeah.
and they don't they don't dislike New Japan. They've been more than honest about that. But New Japan owns one hundred percent of the Bullet Club name, and they cannot make money. They make about, if I remember right, they make like five cents off of every Bullet Club shirt sold or something like that. Like it's, which it it is well. It is, when you look at it one way, if you look at it a business way, it's 100% smart on New Japan's end. I mean, yeah. They're, New Japan isn't wrong for taking 95% or, or 90% of it. But, you know, the, the people that made the Bullet Club are the people in it. Now, would the people in it have had the platform to show off the Bullet Club if it wasn't for New Japan? You could argue no. You could argue New Japan is the only reason those guys were able to shine because nobody else at the time was giving them that kind of a shot. But now that they're where they're at, they're, they have a chance to prove themselves, to go out there and say, we're giving ourselves a shot. We're owning everything. This is us. They can make all the money or they can lose all the money. I think that's fantastic. I think that's pro what pro wrestling, back when I started watching pro wrestling in the 80s and before that, that's what it was about. When there were territories, it was about what can you do and what, what money can you generate. It used to be the rule, if you headlined a show, you got... 60, 70, 80% of that gate. So that many people that paid to get in to see you, that's what you got. So you literally were only paid off of how many people came to watch you. There was no guaranteed contracts. There was none of that bullshit. If people came to watch you, you got paid. If people didn't, you went home broke. I kind of miss that. That's what made people hungry. You love crack. I do love that they trademarked the term all out, though, because all out is also a term that is a synonym for all in, but is the opposite at the same time. And it's like, holy shit, that is that is beautiful. As, as somebody who is infatuated with language as I am, the fact that they own All In and All Out, notice that All In is not in that list of trademarks, and that is because they already own All In. I have seen online some people say something like, well, why are they? it's not them. They didn't register for All In. They already own the All In trademark. They just had the fucking show. They don't have to re-register for it. Right. Yeah. Come on. This, I'm not going to lie. And, and again, correct. Yep.
Red pill or blue pill? No, I agree. And you know, I, I know that, I know that uh, you, Pacey, like to say that I'm super negative. And the truth is, I want to give you the realistic views of, view of what's going on. But at the same time, I am super excited for this company to debut. I want this to be another huge leading company. When I look back a year ago, I had no idea that MLW would be my favorite pro wrestling company right now. I... I love Ring of Honor. I love Lucha Underground. I love Impact. I love New Japan. And I put up with WWE. But I don't miss any MLW Major League Wrestling at all. It is my favorite. The fact that you can name Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, New, New Japan, and the fact that out of that list, Ring of Honor is probably the least best out of all of them is unfathomable five years ago. And if we can have another amazing and perhaps the best out of all of those pro wrestling show, that is AEW, I'm all for it. I'm just, I don't want to come out here and suck the dick of any fucking ghost that doesn't exist and say that I think that they can be the new WWE. It would literally take, as far as business-wise go, if you have any business sense, it would literally take 50 years before somebody could get to the the stage that WWE is in. If you remember, they've been around for about a hundred years or more now, starting with Capital Wrestling, and they were in the wrestling game before Capital Wrestling. But it was Capital Wrestling, then it was WWF, then it was WWF, then it was WWE. They own movies, they own TV shows, they own merchandise, they own video games, they own their own network streaming, they own a YouTube channel... They own, I mean, they, it's just, it's not something that I think any company can compete against. And anytime I hear people saying this is the next WWE, I just want to shut them down and say, nobody needs to be the next WWE. Yeah. I like I like that phrasing, Pasty. That's an awesome phrasing. They are what WWE they they could be what WWE should have been. Yeah. I love that. It, it almost seems like more of what WCW was trying to be by the time it ended, which was more talent and, and in-ring focused. Uh almost actually almost more what Ring of Honor should have ended up. Because Ring of Honor sure has fallen from the graces, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, they could, they, they would be stupid not to utilize those other companies. For sure. Speaking of amazing pro wrestling, and oh shit, WWE is also in the conversation. Fuck! NXT War Games 2, pasty. 
the result. You don't have all the results on here, I just noticed. No, you don't have all the results. You don't. You're missing the first match. <laughs> uh, yeah, like th like a three second match. It was. Pointless. I love Matt Riddle. I love Cassius Ono. But you don't... Yeah, but to me, that just isn't what you do on a on a takeover. I don't... I personally... Yeah, I personally don't want to see that a squash match on a takeover. That's me personally. But, but that is me. That's how I personally feel. got you going. I mean, it got you hyped and pumped, and I was like, oh, shit. At least they started off on the lowest note. That something WWE doesn't do often. <laughs> oh... I love Matt Riddle. He, he is great. And then we had the NXT Women's Championship match. Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane Pasty. Yeah, this was not their best match. And it wasn't long. I didn't... Um, I'm going to look up. <laughs> no, it was um, Dakota Kai and uh, no, Dakota Kai and um, and um, The winner of the, uh, uh, um, not the winner, but uh, the Mae Young Classic. Uh, no, no, not the winner, I said. Um, uh, uh, um, Io Shirai, sorry. Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Oh, my gosh. Woo! I know, right? Wow. Um, yeah, they came out, which, which I thought was the perfect spot for... Kyrie saying to end up picking up the win where the, the other two neutralized the interference from the horsewomen and Kyrie saying would pick up the legitimate win. And instead, Kyrie saying went for an elbow. Shayna Baszler caught her and rolled her up and Shayna won, which just, to me, storyline just didn't make a lot of sense. Also, I did not realize going into this, this was a two out of three falls match. And this was a two out of three falls match that ended up being less than 11 minutes long, 
which was the shortest match other than the, the Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono fucking squash out of all of them. How are you going to have a two out of three falls match for a championship be your shortest match on the card? This was very just, the first two matches were very not NXT TakeOver. Oh, man, after this. Our, this whole weekend, we weren't fucking great. But definitely war games. We, we were fucking awful in war games. Although, to be fair, you and I picked the same thing going into it other than one. And so that one was the only one. Yeah, that, we lost all of them that we both agreed on. Isn't that horrible? You would think we would have won all of them that we agreed on. Uh. So we moved on to Oliver, not Alistair, Oliver, Oliver, go good Alinster Black. Matt, what if he's one of the guys who's, who's moving over? Shit. Oh fuck, he better. I'm I'm scared. I wanna I wanna see Alice Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream go to all in. They they'd do better there and all in. God, that would be amazing. So we had Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. Um, it, it, this easily and maybe should have been the match of the night, considering the two talents in the ring. Um, it wasn't. Fucking wasn't. Oh, amazing. Just amazing. I, um, not, easily not Johnny Gargano's best match. I don't think, I don't know that it was Aleister Black's best match either. But, yeah, yeah, this was a takeover match. Um, I thought this was going to be the match of the night, and it disappointed me in that aspect. But as far as a match, it did not disappoint me at all. For sure. Oh, 100%. Out of all of the, out of all of the matches this weekend, I would put this above fucking 10 of them. So, yeah. Um, Alistair Black won. He beat Johnny Gargano. Um, yeah, it, it was a really good story. We had Alistair Black being the, the hero, Johnny Gargano playing the heel. He plays a better heel than you would expect him to play. Um, you, you God, you felt a lot in this match. You, you really felt everything they were doing. And um, I love the fact that Johnny Gargano mocked Aleister Black by doing the uh, foot pick. Well, no, but doing the foot foot pick up your head like he picked up his face with his with his foot the way he does. And uh, yeah, he kept he kept mocking him in the little ways with the sit down. And it was just 
really a really good match um, that, again, I thought would have been better, but I'm not disappointed in. That might sound weird, but that's the truth. He's been doing great. Right? That is just poetic. That is poetic. No. Very good. And that brought us brought us in <laughs> I love it. That brought us into the NXT Championship match. Yes, folks, the title did not end the show, and I'm okay with that as much as I'm against it most of the time. Right? So we've seen Tomato Champagne defend his title against Hollywood Dream. Uh, first of all, Velveteen Dream coming down as Hollywood Hogan after he came down as Hulk Hogan a while back at TakeOver. Just fucking, uh, oh, just fantastic. Just awesome. Just, he... Oh... I, I can't get enough of Velveteen Dream. Hulk Hogan was perfect for what Hulk Hogan was. And the Dream is perfect for what Dream was. Oh my god, pasty. No, because number one, Velveteen Dream should be above that. Obviously, he loves Hogan for Hogan. Obviously, whatever the, the bullshit that Terry Bollea said doesn't affect Velveteen Dream, obviously, because this is twice now that he's he's showing his love for him. Number two, I would love to see Hogan as like Velveteen Dream's manager. I know... It would be. The the first time that Velveteen Dream came out as Holly or as Hulk Hogan, I know Hogan retweeted it and thought it was just fucking amazing. He loved it. So um so this match pasty. This but uh, there's there's three matches that could have been match of the night. The last match we talked about, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. At the time, oh yeah. 
So then we see Tommaso Ciampa and Velveteen Dream, and that could have been the match of the night. And then that moved on to, and we're not moving on yet, but let me just say, then we moved on to War Games, and everybody knows War Games could have been match of the night. So I personally, Pasty, had a personal hurdle to come over. And I watched all of these matches. And I said to myself, Tommaso Ciampa and Velveteen Dream could not have been the match of the night. It was great, but it was a title match that was put under normal rules, and it spent almost the whole time outside of the ring, and that bothers me. And it does. I've talked about this multiple times on the show, and I just, I want a real title match to be a real fucking title match. Yeah, but they could have had a street. They could have had a street fight. They could have had a anything goes. They could have had a fall count anywhere. So it, it and you. And then they have a match like War Games, which you know you're going to have a lot of weapons and you're going to have all of this. So I, so I was conflicted. I was very conflicted. So I was trying to rationalize what I could pick as the best match of the night. And Pacey, I, I looked at it and I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to pain myself. I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to force myself to rewatch Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream because it was so awful. And I'm going to time the total time that one or both of them are outside of the ring. So the match in total pasty was 22 minutes and 25 seconds long. The total time that they spent outside of the ring was 8 minutes, 26 seconds, 0.94 seconds. So basically, 8 minutes, 27 seconds. You could almost round it to 8 and a half minutes. So if we're saying that they spent roughly rounding 22 and a half minutes in the match, that's saying that Almost a third of the match. Well, okay, so let's not round. So let's not round. 8 minutes and 26 seconds out of 22.25 is a third of the match. So they spent one third of the match of a championship singles match outside of the ring. I super wanted... To make that the reason that this wasn't the match of the night, but Pacey, this was still the match of the night due to the storytelling, due to the selling, due to the wrestling, due to how much I was invested in it. I, I, I literally, Pacey, I sat and, and watched the show with a stop clock to make sure that this wasn't the match of the night. And when I was done, I said, yes, 
logistically, they spent too much time out of the ring, and it's wrong, and this can't be the match of the fucking night, and I'm going to say this was the match of the night. After I put all that fucking work into convincing myself it wasn't, there is something, there's something. On paper, this should not have been the match of the night, but there is something that Champa and Dream, which, by the way, I love both of them, but neither one of them are my favorites in, in uh, NXT. I could think of probably four people above them, if not eight. Holy shit. <laughs> I like to think of all of them as the same level, except for the ones that don't matter. Okay, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Top two right there. Top two right there. Johnny Gargano, Gargano, Adam Cole. Top two right there. Easily. You got Ricochet, Pete Dunn. There's top four. Ricochet, Pete Dunn. Top four. Easily. Uh, Matt Riddle. Okay, there you got top five. I didn't have to think about it that hard. He has. He just hasn't done it in NXT, but yeah, he has. I'd say Dunn, Ricochet, Riddle, Gargano, Cole. Without even thinking that hard about it. That's my top five. Honestly, that's my top five easily. <laughs> I know. I agree. I agree. So I took over this 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 match, but I had a story to tell, and I'm sorry, Pasty, but I wanted to tell my story. What what do you have to say about this? Obviously, it was a great match. You did. Yep. No shit. It's not, it was not, as soon as you're under the ropes, you can't tap out. Like, the, the other person has to break the hold. So the fact that they were fucking selling it as, oh my god, he tapped out. That, I mean, I told you, that bothered me. Because it's like, no, that's an illegal hold. He cannot tap out from that hold. There's nothing wrong with using that hold to injure your opponent. But you can't sell that the other person can lose the match from that because they cannot.
Well, you know, I keep thinking that he's topped out, that he's capped off. And every time he seems to get better and better. He seems like he, you know what? He reminds, like you said, he reminds me a lot of Dalton Castle where you write him off as a gimmick, but the talent just shines through. He could be the next uh, Chris Jericho. You know, where it's like, yeah, he he's... No. He is the dream. Not not the dream, but he is the dream. Yeah, exactly. And that brings us to the titular match. The main event, War Games. I have a lot of good things and some bad things to say about this pasty. Fuck yeah. Very enjoyable. I went back, Pasty, and I watched... I watched them both back to back and I did like this one better. That that's me. Yeah, the the story the story comes off so much easier when there's two groups instead of three groups. Um and, and that makes the spots come across so much better. There's a lot of awkward like oh the third person is wandering around or hitting random people. Where in this one, it's like, if there's two groups, it's like, you're hitting that person, that person's hitting you. Um, the spots were pretty on par, other than I would say this. This War Games ricochet spot was probably better than last War Games. Uh, was it Adam Cole? Oh, yeah, Adam Cole's spot. This, obviously, just, just due to the... A little bit, but he didn't die. And you super could have died from that move. Especially since he overshot. There was only two people catching him. Where I was like, oh shit. Like, I think everybody was supposed... Obviously, everybody was supposed to catch him. And he only hit two of them. So, he landed on his feet. So that even if those two guys didn't catch him, he still would have landed on his feet. Whereas, you know... Jumping from that height, you could overturn yourself and land on your back, on your head, on your neck, on your stomach. I mean, he landed to where even if nobody caught him, he would have landed on his feet. Perfect. No shit. Pock, Pock and Ricochet. Fuck yeah. I would love that. Um, So many good things. But still, yeah, definitely. Um, you have the suplex into the power bomb. You have the table spots. You have...
there were God, there were too many spots in this match to name everything. I loved when Adam Cole got thrown. Like like I told you, Pacey, when Adam Cole got the the Tower of Doom. Yes, the Tower of Doom is always fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um That's true. Uh, just a real hard hitting. I mean, everything goes. Um, we do have to talk about the the whole point where the last guy out was was it Bobby Fish, right, Pasty? Okay, the last, or I should say, the last disputed undisputed era. Yeah, the the last undisputed era was Bobby Fish, and. Uh, there was still um um not uh Rowe, right? Was it Eric Rowe? Was was it Pete Oh Pete Dunn, you're right. Pete Dunn was the last guy. Was still in his cage. So Bobby Fish brought the unlocked lock from his cage over to their cage and put it on their chain to keep Pete Dunn in. A few problems there. Number one is that it's the exact same. That That's true, too. It doesn't. Well, actually, no, let's go back and say the first point, which pissed me off because I said it about seven fucking times and I could not. And it was Mauro Ranallo. And I love Mauro. This is just the fucking pre-match. This is not the official War Games match. You motherfucker. The official War Games match starts when the first two contestants get in the ring and the bell fucking rings, you dumb son of a bitch. There can't be a finish. Yeah, there can't be a finish till they're all in there, but the official match has started. Otherwise... Yeah, otherwise, why don't they all just hang out in their fucking hotel room until everybody's released, and then they can go in the fucking ring together and have a real match? God, that pissed me off. And that was Morrow. I love Morrow. And I'm sure somebody was talking in his ear. It was Triple H, which obviously, from what I've learned over this last week, has no connection to Vince McMahon, has never heard of Vince McMahon, and is the best person to run a wrestling company ever and will never destroy any person's career because he is the greatest man on earth. I officially have to say that after talking on social media today. Um, yeah. So obviously, Triple H, who is the greatest human being on earth, told Mauro Ronaldo to say that the match doesn't fucking start when it starts. God, that pissed me off. But anyways. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But at the same time. So at the time, same time, we've all bought padlocks. I Well, not all of us, but many of us have bought padlocks. You buy multiple padlocks at a time, master lock, padlock, I mean, all, all sorts of fucking locks. I mean, whatever brand. Exactly. And the same fucking key opens all of those locks that you fucking bought. It's not like everyone has their own distinct fucking key. 
that would be that would be ridiculous because no company wants to have no company wants to have a ring of fucking seven keys they have to go through to open up each one. When you buy keys as a company, when you buy locks, you buy them all with the same fucking key. And and we've seen them. We've seen the two locks side by side on those chains. They were the same master lock. You, they, they all have the same fucking key. So the ref's sitting there like, my key doesn't work. My key doesn't work. It's like, dude, you barely fucking put it in. I'm sorry for your wife. You need to learn to move it around a little, jiggle it, shove it in, spit on it maybe, talk dirty to it. Come on, my man. Pete Dunn's waiting. Come on. I was waiting for that, and they didn't. They no-sold him. Like, okay, we have to wait until... Uh, what did they do? Did they? Uh, what did they do? They found a... S- oh, my God. That was great, too. They were... I thought it was uh, um 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 Sh- uh, Sean William Scott and um uh what's his name who's on uh the ranch uh Sean William Scott and what's his name no no but I felt like no I felt like it was no 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 I felt like it was uh Sean William Scott and yeah the dude from the seventy show what's his name. Kutcher, Kutcher, Adam Kutcher. I felt like it was Sean William Scott and Adam Kut- uh, Ashton Kutcher and fucking dude, dude, where's my car? Like, I don't know. I can't get the key to fit. Well, put the key in, dude. I can't get it to fit. Oh my god, put it in. Like, oh my god, you guys are fucking stupid. Oh, you know what they did? They fought, they brought a uh, a bolt cutter out and they cut it open. That's what they did. So that was kind of stupid, I will admit it. But I give them credit for trying. They tried to do the WWE thing. So they're to me, it, it shows where they're trying to integrate WWE into NXT. Not good, but they did it, and I guess they tried. Um, but this, this was a really awesome match, and easily could have been match of the night. I... I originally put it as match of the night over Champa and Dream, but after watching Champa and Dream five times, which I have now, <laughs> um, well, you know what? If you watch a match five times, it should either be your least favorite or most favorite, right? And if it's still my most favorite after watching it five times, I'm all for that. So, Yeah. Way to go. I was disappointed. Undisputed Era lost. That's exactly what I said. 100%. I uh, actually, yeah, probably. I probably have, actually. <laughs> um, I, I would not have picked Undisputed Era to win, and I still think it's the wrong call. Even at the end, I didn't think that was a great ending. Oh, what, what did I say? Oh, no, okay, I would not have picked them to lose. I'm sorry. I would not have picked the Undisputed Era to lose. Sorry, Pasty. I didn't... 
I didn't like the way they lost. They did keep Adam Cole strong, being as A, he took the majority of the punishment through this match. And B, at the very end, um, he lost to both Ricochet and Pete Gunn's finishers in a row. So, I mean, they kept him strong. I'm hoping they built something from that. Otherwise, I I still think, as I said last week, I would have kept them the winners. And if un, and if War Games moved up to the main roster, I would have Undisputed Era be in the main roster War Games. They could lose it, but they could be in it as undefeated. They have the tag titles. Don't don't shit on them for that. They took it in between Saturday and today. No. No, they didn't. Well, they didn't going into the show. They didn't hold them during the show, and they didn't hold them leaving the show. Ricochet. Ricochet's the North American title. He fucking had his title. Pete Dunne had the UK or the NXT title, and the um, Undisputed Era had their tag titles. That was going into NXT. 100%. Unless it changed in between Saturday and today. Und- well, we talked about it last week, and we said Undisputed Era was the fucking tag champs. That was just last week. That was you and me. <laughs> Why are you calling us liars, pasty? Don't do that to us. We used to be reliable. <laughs> you're, you're trying to find answers to questions nobody asked. <laughs> oh, this shit's getting left in. I love this. <laughs> they they should. Well, yeah. Okay, two things. Two things. Yeah. There you go, Pasty. You know what I'm saying. The other thing I had an argument about on social media this week is whether it's better to get called up to WWE or stay in NXT. Who knows? And the bottom line is, we don't know what any of them get paid. It's not public knowledge. So... But does the NXT champion make less than a low-card WWE guy? Like, does Fandango make less than the NXT champion? Or does he make more than the NXT champion? We don't know. I I guess I don't know. Is Ciampa making more or less than Fandango? I would hope more. The other thing you got to ask yourself... When they go home at night, is Tommaso Ciampa feeling successful and happy? 
Or is Fandango feeling successful and happy? Maybe they're both feeling that. Or maybe only one is. Maybe Fandango feels successful and happy because he's on the main roster and Champa feels worthless because he's in NXT. Or maybe Champa feels successful and happy because he's the champion of one of the most respected and lauded wrestling shows. And maybe Fandango feels horrible because he's a nobody who doesn't get on any of the programming in WWE. Did you just mumble at me? No, you're mumbling at me. <laughs> net worth, net net worth is not what somebody's making, though, pasty. Okay, just just want to put that out there because a lot of people say net worth. Ooh, that's average though, Pacey. That's talking about the people. Okay, that also includes which guys? The guys that nobody knows and have never been in wrestling, right? No, no, no. You are not saying that. You literally just said the average, which means the middle. No, you just said the average, you liar. What are they saying that is? No, what are what are they saying that is? Like what are they saying is sixty five thousand dollars? And their source is WWE Wrestling Observer's source is WWE. Okay, so they're saying it's sixty five thousand? They're saying that's average or they're saying that's what I, I guess that's weird. I'm, I, I'm not understanding the quote. They're saying every single person signed to NXT? Okay, but what are they saying? They're saying that every single NXT person in, is making this? So that's a loose phrase that could mean anybody, and they're saying it allegedly could mean those guys, but not necessarily. Which could, I mean, at top levels is a loose word. Okay. So Adam Cole and Ricochet could be making this amount and or more. So Adam Cole and Ricochet could make... So wait a second, Pacey. So Curtis... So wait a second. Adam Cole and Ricochet, Ricochet could make... X amount of money, give or take, plus more. Now, take this in. No, 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 no. Take this into consideration. Every NXT superstar gets their own room, gets their own board, gets their own travel. They get their own insurance. They also get training. 
All of those things are things that are paid for by WWE. When you go to the main roster, none of that's paid for. This is coming 100% from WWE wrestlers, including Bruce Prichard, who is head of talent relations. Correct. So, no, it's their insurance, it's their room, it's their board, it's, it's everything. So, you would have to take that money and subtract all of that. That's where it gets messy. That's where it gets sticky. And that's where people want to argue with you on social media who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Because it's not true. You can say a number and make it sound good, but numbers are... Listen to this. Homer Simpson once said, facts are worthless. They can be used to prove anything. And that's 100% true. Because those people on the main roster making that money are making less than the fucking NXT guys that are, quote, making less money. Yes! I know they are. We know they are. They're telling people they are. Every single person that leaves WWE says that they've made more money on the fucking independence. Do you think he's seeing that much money? Do you think that's what's actually coming out of his paycheck? Or are they taking that out of his fucking, um, his, his entrance, out of his, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, regalia, out of all of that shit? Everything, everything's coming out of that. He doesn't get any of that fucking money. He doesn't get that money. Ask any of these people. Ask James Ellsworth if he got fifty fucking thousand dollars. He didn't. The big, the main guys get fucking killer money that you can't make anywhere else. Which is sad. Which is sad. But you're not looking at how much they're outputting. That's the problem. I, I would assume so. But they're happy to be out there, and they should be. They're happy to be out there on a fucking national level. They're hoping to get that big spot, and they're also knowing that if they leave, when they go back to the indies, they're going to get that much more. When they're selling their own merchandise, they're going to get that much more. When you're selling merchandise through WWE, Unless you're John Cena or Brock Lesnar, you make 5%. You're making what, what, you're making what Bullet Club was making off of their New Japan deal. Basically. I mean, they're not, if you think, um, if you think they're making money off of their merch, you don't know Vince McMahon. But if you think about it, 5% 5% out of John Cena's merchandise? How much is he getting screwed out of? So if you're Victor... But Pacey, if you're Victor from the Ascension and you're getting 5% from your merchandise deals... Oh, so he's... So he's getting... He's getting 0.5%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See... That's that's my thing. I, I ain't trying to shit on anybody. And you know what? If WWE... 
If WWE would hire me, I would jump on that in a second. I'm not trying to dog that. What I'm trying to say is people look at things. People don't look at the full picture. No, he's not. That's the thing. I just... And I don't like to argue on social media, and that's why I end up stopping at a certain point, because it's like, as much as you try to explain things to people, how do you explain that to them? How do you explain? Somebody said to me... <laughs> exactly. We do. It doesn't help. When people tell me that Vince McMahon has no control over NXT, I don't know what to say to them. Because it's WWE NXT. <laughs> Fuck personally to listen. Let's have him on here and debate. I love a good debate. I, I love to be proven wrong. I'm going to try. I'm going to try because I love to be proven wrong. The best way to learn is to be proven wrong. And I don't dislike it. I'll fight it. You said, you said Gaston as if I was some fucking Beauty and the Beast character. Gaston. You ready, Pacey? We're going to have some fun. No more arguing. Woo! It's, we are super thankful. God, I want to suck some dick right now. Well, folks, speaking of sausages, the man that had the big hog, Stan the Man Lee, recently passed away. He just passed away this week. We, we we mourn him. We, Pasty and I both were super touched by Stan Lee. I am a super comic fan, and I was always a Marvel guy. I've always have been a Marvel guy. I'm a, mainly an X-verse guy. Um, my secondary is Spider-verse, and then I moved on from there. But I have Fantastic Four, I have Power Man, I have um, Avengers, JLA, <laughs> right? Yeah, no shit. Um, the What Ifs were some of my favorites. I, I've got so much Marvel that I I was so hurt by Stanley leaving. And everybody says that, and I know I don't like to sound... but. In honor of Stanley's passing, we want to memorialize him. And we are going. I think, you know what? Number one. Well, well, hold on. So we got Beef Sticks Podcast presents the Stanley Memorial Comic Book Wrestling Quiz. So, folks, these are all questions that are wrestling related and comic book related. Now. I'm sorry, they aren't all Stan Lee related. They're not all Marvel related. They don't all have something to do with Stan Lee. But since 
to me, Stan Lee is the face of comics. And ge- there, there's no other face of comics, is there, Pasty? And there's no other face of pro wrestling than Vince McMahon, is there? So these questions aren't necessarily Vince McMahon and they're... Right. They're not necessarily Vince. They're not necessarily Stan Lee. But they all have to do with pro wrestling and comics. Now, Pacey, I got 20 questions I'm going to ask you, okay? You do... Oh, fuck you! You know the ant. This was an easy one. But anyways, you get two points for answering the questions... I also have a hint ready for you. If you need a hint, you will get one point per question. So you are always allowed a hint. You will just get one point per question. There are 20 questions. You have the chance to get 20. No, you have the chance to get 40 points, Pasty. So let's start this out, Pasty. There's clues in every one of these. Pasty, madness-filled which wrestler as he portrayed Bonesaw McGraw in San Raimi's Spider-Man? This was the guy that wrestled Spider-Man at the beginning. You know this one. We've talked about it on this. Okay, well, look at the look at the first word, Pasty. Look at the first word. Of course, it's Beefsticks Podcast. Of course, it's Macho Man. Macho Man played Bonesaw McGraw in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, Pacey. As a follow-up, as a follow-up to this one, I, I, oh, damn, now I'm chubby. Now I'm chubby. This is a this is a follow up to this question. If you need a hint, let me know. I can give you a hint for one. You'll get one point. The second question is in the movie in Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Who was the wrestler under the Spider Man mask who did Tobey Maguire's stunt work in the ring against Mister McGraw? So when Macho Man was wrestling Spider Man, it was Macho Man as Bonesaw McGraw, but. A pro wrestler actually played Spider-Man. It wasn't Tobey Maguire. Very much less obvious, yes. If you need a hint, I am more than willing to give you a hint, Pasty. Uh, that's a, that's a, a ba- that's per basis thing. So go ahead and ask me a question and I'll tell you. I will answer you that no, he never was and that does not count as a hint. My hint is he is currently wrestling in Ring of Honor in the three-man group SoCal Uncensored with Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. So think about that, Pacey. In the three-man group, he wrestles with Kazarian and Scorpio Sky in Ring of Honor. There's only one other wrestler in SoCal Uncensored who's not Frankie Kazarian or Scorpio Sky. He is the fallen angel. Yep, 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 yep. Keep going. Keep going. You were right. You got the last name. I'll I'll give it to you. The fallen angel Christopher Daniels, he said. (laughs) 
Nah, you get one. You'll get the one point. You'll get the one point. You got it. You'll get the one point. All right. So, can you name Pasty the journeyman who not only wrestled for WCW, ECW, WWF, TNA, Ring of Honor, Juggalo Championship Wrestling, NWA, USWA, and Major League Wrestling MLW, and wrote for the comic book Spider-Man's Tangled Web, issue number 14. You get a free hint with this one, Pasty. His character is loosely based on Vertical Comics' Sandman, but he is not Sandman. So this wrestler has wrestled in WCW, ECW, WWF, TNA, Ring of Honor, JCW, NWA, USWA, and MLW. Not a lot of guys who have done all of those. But he wrote the comic book, Spider-Man's Tangled Web, issue number 14. WCW, and I'm going to ring them, read them in, I, I believe, the order that he wrestled in them. Might be slightly off, but I believe it's correct. WCW, ECW, WWF, TNA, Ring of Honor, You don't want a hint? No, I said I said you get a free hint. You get a free hint. His character the free hint is his character is loosely based on Vertical Comics Sandman, but he is not Sandman. You want a hint? That that is that does mean you're wrong. <laughs> okay, the hint is he had a rivalry with Sandman in ECW. It's Raven. Raven literally wrote Spider-Man's Tangled Web issue 14. He's been a huge comic fan. He took um he took he took uh, uh the the Vertigo comic Sandman which was a dark Yeah, uh, a, a little bit just a little bit. If you remember um Sandman's character the, the Vertigo Sandman's character made a short but brief appearance in Rick and Morty on the um, the uh, Morty Mind Blowers episode at the very beginning when they're running with the turtle. The guy chasing them was actually Vertigo's Sandman, who is, who is what uh, Raven kind of took some inspiration from for his character. Yeah. Okay, Pasty, I think you got this one. Number four. This one, I'm not going to give you a hint, but it's a two-part question. So if you get one right, you get one point. Two right, you get two points, okay? 
This year, Johnny Gargano paid homage to what Marvel hero at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2? And, and, and what Marvel anti-hero at NXT TakeOver War Games 2? Damn, you nailed them both! There you go, you got that. That is true. That isn't. <laughs> Which is good, because you didn't get it early. <laughs> All right, Pasty. Number five. Five Star Comics was a comic book store owned by which former ECW, WWF, and TNA champion? Five Star Comics. Five Star Comics. Five Star Comics. Five Star dot 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 Comics was a comic book store owned by which former ECW ECW, WWF, and TNA champion. <laughs> that would be awesome. Do you want to, do you need a hint? Uh, and, and WCW. Or wait, what, 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 what? ECW, WWF, and TNA champion. So he's been a champion. He's been a champion in all three, not necessarily a world champion, but a champion in all three. If you need a hint, let me know. You got it, baby. Rob Van Dam with the five-star frog splash. I, I thought you had this one. I thought you had it with the five star, but. Five time, five time, five time, five time. Yeah, I, I hear you. I get it. All right. You might know this one. You were a 90s guy. What larger than life wrestler who has been a champion in WWF, WCW, and TNA played the super version of a shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. We actually did not too long ago. WWF, WCW, TNA. Keep that in mind. I, I, I have specifically named WWF and WWE separately in these questions so that it kind of gives you a context. That is incorrect. It is Kevin Nash. He was. So... Keeping up with this, what comic book villain did Nash's 
WCW tag partner, then going by the name of Oz, was Nash. His partner was Big Sky. What comic book villain did Nash's partner, Big Sky, portray in the X-Men movies? Remember the X-Men movie? The first one. You know any of the X-Men villains? Who, who do you think would have been played by a pro wrestler? Do you have any guesses or do you want a hint? I got hints for you. The hint? We'll give it to you. I'll give you that right now. <laughs> that, that would be awesome, though. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> Damn, you got it, baby! Without a hint! Without a hint, you got it! Sabretooth! Alright. What WWE cruiserweight played a better Green Lantern character than Ryan Reynolds? Come on, you got this one. You mentioned him multiple times. Yeah, but how many superheroes in pro wrestling do you mention? Correct! Hurricane Shane Helms. Story goes... Story goes that he was backstage with The Rock and The Rock was giving him shit about a tattoo he had on his shoulder, which was the Green Lantern tattoo. He explained it to The Rock and The Rock said... You should use that as your character. Vince McMahon had him go out as the Hurricane, and he bought the shittiest mask that Hurricane could have ever worn. And the... But the Hurricane said he was not going to wear that mask. He ended up painting a mask on his face. And I think for the first, like, three or four matches, the Hurricane had a painted mask on his face. Which is kind of fun. All right, Pacey. They did end up giving him a decent mask. Here's a couple that I'm, I'm really invested in, so I hope you... I hope you have fun with these. Well, they gave Mankind the old fucking WWE Championship title, so fuck it. Number nine, pasty. Chris Jericho admittedly stole his catchphrase from the pages from the pages of Hulk number 181, where what superhero says, quote, I'm the best in the world at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. What superhero gave Chris Jericho his catchphrase? Quote, I'm the best in the world at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. Correct. It is superhero. 
not super villain. It's a superhero you know, like, easily. It's not even a question. Pasty, you s never cease to fucking amaze me. It is the Wolverine. Yes, sir. Wolverine, who made his debut in a Hulk comic, also made this catchphrase, which he used multiple times throughout the 90s, at least while I was a comic book aficionado. He would often say, I am the best in the world at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. But that's not the only thing Chris Jericho took from comics, pasty. Chris Jericho also took inspiration by naming himself after the lamest superhero he ever read about. So, Pasty, who was named Jericho and couldn't even... Well, oh, sorry, I did screw that up. The lamest superhero he ever read was named Jericho... And couldn't even speak, Pasty. So the name is Jericho. We know that. Which DC supergroup could you find Jericho in? This is a DC comic, not related to Stan the Man Lee, not Marvel related. What DC supergroup could you find the horrible superhero Jericho who couldn't even speak? Where could you find him? <laughs> that was fantastic, though. Man of War is cheering right now, like, yeah, we got to shout out! Man of War all the way! <laughs> Adam for life! Supergroup. DC Supergroup. Heroes. What group is the superhero Jericho from? The shitty superhero Jericho. The worst superhero that Chris Jericho could ever read of. Where was he? What group was he a part of? It's a group you know, Pasty. I'm, I'm, it's, I mean, none of this is shit you don't know, so I'm, I'm guaranteeing you this is a group you know of. His name is Jericho, and he doesn't speak which is very unlike Chris Jericho, but... It has not yet. You can get one point if you use a hint. The hint is, Pasty, this group had an amazing animated series, and then... It had a shitty animated series with the word go after their name. <laughs> there you go. You nailed it. Teen Titans is where you would find Jericho. <laughs> there might be, though. You don't know. <laughs> I don't want to see that either, to be honest.
차차차차차 And Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu. You you said it wrong during the show, and I was like, do I correct him or not? It's Epsido. Like you came you came up with the fucking name and I keep correcting you with Epsido. It was your fucking creation. <laughs> Alright, Pacey, I think you have this one. I think you got this one. You've, 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 you've done good. You've done better than I thought, to be honest. I, I added hints. There will be a couple, but I think for the most part, you got them. All right, Pasty. Which Irish wrestler would paint himself as different comic heroes and villains while wrestling in Japan? Kaman is not one of the... Yes! Back... Oh. Hey, Fergal Devitt was the answer. Prince... Or, um... Finn Balor would have been accepted. So, yeah. Way to go. All right, Pacey. Which former NWA, AWA, WCW, and WWF superstar has been in 16 movies, which include the comic cult classic Batman and Robin, where he worked alongside his real-life friend Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Or do you want a hint? Is that your final answer, or do you want a hint? Which former NWA, AWA, WCW, and WWF superstar has been in 16 movies, including the cult classic Batman and Robin, where he worked alongside his real-life friend Arnold Schwarzenegger and is not Hulk Hogan? Is not Hulk Hogan! He was in the movie Batman and Robin. He's in the movie Batman and Robin. He doesn't wrestle in Batman and Robin. He's in Batman and Robin. He is a former NWA. AWA, WCW, and WWF star. The hint is he was also in Predator, Running Man, Demolition Man, and The Master of Disguise. Jesse Ventura, Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura. You you said it. You said it. <laughs> All right, Pasty. I think you have this one. 
This wrestler played Dagoth in the movie adaptation of comic book behemoth Conan the Barbarian, as well as playing Bigfoot in The Six Million Dollar Man and Fezzik in The Princess Bride. Andre the Giant played Dagoth in Conan the Barbarian. It was a pretty badass role. Up next, Pasty, which brood member was named after a vampire from White Wolf Comics? Gangrel is one of the vampires from White Wolf Comics. You're kicking ass, Pasty. You are kicking ass. Number 15, Pasty, which WWE Hall of Famer, former wrestler, and commentator has a closet dedicated to just Superman shirts and also has a life-sized Superman figure. And is a Hall of Famer. Yep. Was a commentator, was a wrestler, and is a Hall of Famer. All in WWE. I'm not saying he didn't work in other organizations. I'm saying in WWE, he was all of those things. The hint is he was a royal pain in JR's ass. Jerry the King Lawler is correct. You know. It is. All of my hands. If you have to ask for a hint, you're getting the answer. Yeah. If, if, if you ask for the hint, you're getting the answer. I try to be nice. I mean, I think it's fun. I think it's more fun that way. Nobody gives a shit what points you get. They just want to hear the fucking trivia. That's the fun, right? Right? All right, pasty. CM Punk would look at his wrist to an imaginary watch, or was it invisible? And he, fuck. <laughs> okay, you get the answer, but let me finish the question. Okay. <laughs> CM Punk would look at his wrist at an imaginary watch and proclaim what phrase made famous by the Fantastic Four's "The Thing." And yes, Pacey, it is. It's clobbering time. You are correct. You nailed that one. Holy shit. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Alright, Pasty. What icon debuted a Joker-themed character in TNA after 25 years in the wrestling business? Sting is the correct answer! Why so serious? Alright, Pasty. I got another one here where you have to get two right to get two points. Name two comic characters Alexa Bliss has cosplayed as in the WWE. There are multiple ones. All I want is two, and you can get 
a point for each one. So if you get one, you get one, two, you get two, more, more than two, correct? Mickey James doesn't count. As far as I know was not one, if you can prove me wrong, you can get the point, but as far as I know is not one. Okay. She's had quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. The other answers for that would have been uh, Riddler, Supergirl, and Iron Man. Those were the four I could find. There may be more than that, but those were the four I could find. So... That's what I had. That's just me personally. Again, like I said, if you could prove me wrong, go ahead. Um, but that was, that was all I could find. Okay, pasty. Again, this is another one. Um, it's a two-part question. If you get one right, you get one. If you get two right, you get two. I don't have a hint on this one. Can you name the two WWF slash WWE wrestlers who both had their own separate eponymous comic book series in the 90s. So let me say something first. They were both WWF wrestlers, and they ended up both being WWE wrestlers. So that means that they wrestled within the same time frame as both of those acronyms. Also, eponymous, for those of you listening who don't know what that means, that means that it's named after you. So, eponymous comic book means that that comic book was named that. So, if there was a Enzo Amore comic book, it's called Enzo Amore. And if there was a Daniel Bryan comic book, it's called Daniel Bryan, Hulk Hogan comic book, Hulk Hogan. Those three are not the answers, pasty. You are welcome. <laughs> you are very welcome. You have one right um, right away, 100%. Undertaker is one of the 90s comic books that was put out by WWF Entertainment. You're doing really good at this, Loke. You are wrong. You kind of stuck to the same pony for too long, Pacey. The, the other one was the Ultimate Warrior, who, who is a living embodiment of a comic book character. Come on. He, he had his own comic book called Warrior, which was actually distributed 
through WWE Entertainment. All right. The last one, Pacey, we're at number 20. This is the hardest question. I saved the hardest question for last, Pasty. You are not going to get a hint for this one. You just have to take it, okay? Take it deep. Pasty. Question number 20. Who is the immortal wrestler who took his nom de guerre from an in Nom de Guerre is is like your your fake name, like your like your nickname. Your nickname. Nom de Guerre. It's French for nickname. Come on, have some fucking style, pasty. God damn. Who who is the immortal wrestler who took his nom de guerre from an incredible Stan Lee comic character? What immortal wrestler took his nickname from an incredible Stan Lee comic character? You nailed it! It is Hulk Hogan! Fuck yeah! You got that. Hey, out of fucking 40 points, you got 29. That's pretty daggum good. Damn. That's really good. The important question is... Hell yeah! I love it. Yep. I'm not involved in that. I mean, I don't have pubes, so I can't really do anything with them, so it's just kind of there. Time to play the game! Shave the pubes! Pacey, first of all, let me say you did, not only did you do great at that, but you did better than I thought you would do. And for Beef Six Podcast, Cloud Style Broadcasting, and just anything I'm related to, I think Stan Lee is fucking looking down, smiling at us, and saying, these guys took my comic world they put it into their pro wrestling world and they brought me into shining a light on other people's lives who may not have known me and at the end of that he yelled excelsior and then i feel that he ate his steak while shitting in the shower i honestly feel that you damn fucking right. Stan, Stan Lee, uh, for me personally, just as me, Fat Mac, I can't say enough about how much he helped shape me as a human being. And I was so happy to come up with this game. This, I mean, Fat Mac, or not Fat Mac, Pasty White. <laughs> I'm re I'm looking at the fucking thing where it says Fat Mac game. I'm sorry. Pasty White, I'm so happy that you did so great at this because honestly, I was so debating so much when I was writing this. I was like, am I being too much of a comic geek that he won't know? And it was like, well, let's do this, let's do that. And I was like, well, let's add hints. So let's do two points for each one because some things I wanted to be very 
obscure, like like the Raven one, where it was like he actually wrote a fucking comic book. Who would have fucking guessed that he would have wrote that? I wouldn't have known that. If you'd have asked me that, Pacey, I wouldn't have known that he wrote Spider-Man's Tangled Web issue 14. But it's cool that that's something that's so comic-specific that's related to wrestling that it's like, oh my god, we have to put that in there. So, at some point I said, okay, I'm going to have really hard questions, really easy questions, but I'm going to add hints because it's stupid. Let's have fun. Stan Lee wanted us to have fun. That's all he ever wanted. Ninety-five. He needs to be celebrated. And thank you, Pasty. Dun 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 dun. As an additional one. What is that? Damn, I'm just looking at that now. An article. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Pacey's. Let's let's bust this out here. Um, let's start from the yeah. Let's start from the top to the bottom because I think that the bottom deserves the least talk. To be honest, um, I think this proves how WWE truly needs to improve storytelling in 2019. We look at what's coming up here now. We look at what is actually impactful. And you got a new pro wrestling company coming up in two years. You got MLW. You got Impact. You got Ring of Honor. You got New Japan. You've got NXT, which competes with WWE. They really need to start thinking about what they're doing um, I think the biggest impact made of all as far as turning heel pasty was when Dean Ambrose turned heel the day 
of Joe Anawai, otherwise known as Roman Reigns, announced that he had cancer and was stepping away from the ring. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Fucking painstakingly, folks. Truly. Yeah, I think the key word, the key word there, Pasty, was impactful. Was how much did they actually impact storylines going forward? Yeah. He broke, I mean, just for the fact that he broke up the shield makes a huge impact because the shield was the one of the biggest things at the time. Oh, who else could have ever done that? Seth Rollins. <laughs> um, true, yeah, I, I agree. It, yeah. And I truly want to say, as opposed to the uh, Stone Cold Dean Austin that they did back in the day when they were trying to make him the anti-heel, I think this Dean Ambrose could truly, truly, truly thrive from the John Moxley that we know from the CZW days. And we've seen, yeah, we've seen some of that. Some of his promos already are John Moxley promos. And I'm like, yes, I want to see this. This is what I need. That was, yeah, when he burned the vest, it was like, God damn it, this is what I knew him from before he ever joined WWE. This is what we need to see. He could be great. He could, he could, he could crash and burn. But I think as far as impact goes, Hey, get Sammy Callahan in there. You got yourself a fucking main event. <laughs> Switchblade Mafia. Next, Pacey, we have Randall Keith Orton. It did surprise us, but impactful is the key word, Pasty. He was pushed so hard 
as a face. And even though we all looked at it and said, Randy Orton's not a face, he was obviously a strong and one of their top faces. And the fact that he turned heel, you can't look at that and say, oh shit, that didn't make a difference in every storyline going forward. Even though we all look at Randy Orton as a heel, WWE placed him as a face. If we're stepping back as fans and looking at it, we can say the moment that he turned back to heel, where we know Randy Orton does the best work, that's impactful. Yeah, that's impactful on us as viewers. We're putting him back where he needs to be. Now, going into this um, top 10, I literally had to look up when Shinsuke turned heel because I thought it had been over a year ago. Nope, it was April. April Shinsuke turned heel with a good old fucking nut shot. WrestleMania or the the one right after WrestleMania? Yeah, sure. WrestleMania. Sure, WrestleMania. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, WrestleMania. And, um, and it's changed his character ever since. Now, we all looked at it and said he could become an amazing heel and they could do something fantastic with it. Uh, I think the impact so much from Shinsuke was negative. And I think it's, and I think it deserves the number three spot that the fact that it shot Shinsuke Nakamura so far down the list that he deserves the number three spot. He's never, he's never defended it. (laughs) Yeah. Most certainly. Then we got Becky Lynch. The tale of Becky Lynch is the tale of the latter half of 2018, pasty. I'm following up with that. She was she was the hero. She moved into the anti-hero who didn't give a shit what anybody thought. And then she got everything taken away from her and became the up-and-coming hero. Now, Becky Lynch was... Let's let's be honest. Let's talk smart. She was forced to to turn heel for politics. The fans, they never seen her as a heel. Never. But when WWE turned her heel, the fans embraced her so much more that her heel turn into a face <laughs> 
was more impactful than so many other heel turns this year. Correct. And Next on our list, we have somebody who's just recently turned heel, Daniel Bryan. Now, he's directly in the middle at number five because literally he just turned heel and we really don't know what's going to happen from him, but he was such a large and imposing baby face that you have to acknowledge that he turned heel. And, and apparently he's referring to himself as the new Daniel Bryan, which doesn't seem to have a lot of a difference. To, to be honest, to be honest, new Super Mario Bros. is one of my favorite Super Mario Bros. So, way to go, DB! I... I hope that Daniel Bryan, A, becomes best heel in the company. B, I would love to see him take this new Daniel Bryan full circle and become the American Dragon Daniel Bryan. I don't see him becoming Bryan Danielson, but if he could take on the moniker American Dragon and become something completely different from anything WWE has known him as, and Dragon on its own seems negative. I know American seems positive, but maybe he's, maybe he's just the dragon, Daniel Bryan, you know, 
I would love to see that. Number six, we have the Bella's pasty. This group here, you know, they came back as faces and they were stars. They were stars of the WWE. They were faces that they could market. They had their own brands. They had their own clothing companies. They had their own TV shows. And then they turned on Ronda Rousey. And they became the biggest heels in the women's division. As far as we know. Yeah, that that turn gave us the Ronda we know today and gave us one of the best matches that we've seen in a long time. Next, we have Mickey James, pasty. Mickey James came in as. Oh my gosh, pasty. All right. So we're going to rewind this. We're going to cut this out. We're going to edit this. We're going to treat things like they should be. This is 2018. Apparently, Pasty White doesn't realize that. Rewind. Pasty, then there was Mickey James. <laughs> she came in. Oh my gosh. So folks, Mickey James came in as the veteran, as the face. She was putting butts in the seats. Everybody was happy to see her. And all of a sudden she aligned herself with Alexa Bliss in this war against everybody coming. At least she didn't have the fart gimmick. That is true. Mickey James could have easily just been the veteran who came in and was like, hey, we're women empowerment. Don't stop us. No, she turned with Alexa Bliss. She found the HBIC, if you will, and she moved in with her. And I don't think anybody's seen. I definitely didn't see that coming. I thought she was going to be a face for just a few weeks and she became a heel throughout multiple months and then heel again spinning 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 oh fuck we know that how about Drew McIntyre, Pacey? Who's seen Drew McIntyre turning? <laughs> 
Fuck yeah, dude. In English. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a... This is kind of a gray area for turning heel. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, uh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> so basically, Rusev turned face, but Aiden turned super heat. Aiden overhealed Rusev to make him face. So we're gonna call Aiden English healed because he overhealed Rusev's face. There's some kind of sexual innuendo there that I don't even fucking know where it is, but I believe it's there and I should have made it. And the next thing is Big Show. I think four times this year turned face and heel, even though he just showed up three times, I think. So we'll give him that one. Woo woo! Woo woo! That was amazing.
Okay, Pacey, let me say one thing. And I'm not going to say anything else because I have heard or felt what everybody feels going forward. Number one, James Ellsworth fucked up bad, 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 bad. Number two, I honestly believe that for any situation, we should have the full, full information before you decide anything. Um, uh, what do you have to say about it? Also, 16, by legal definition, is not wrong, correct? Uh, that's for sex. That's not for sharing images. It all, it all gets really... Yeah, it all gets really great. It all gets really great. No, it's not 18 for porn. It gets really fucking great. Um, a 13-year-old can send a 13-year-old a dick pic, or a 13-year-old can send a 13-year-old a vagina pic. This is where, this is where I don't like to get into it because there's so many fucking gray areas where people try to abuse things and it's like not only do predators try to abuse things but people but people who could be victims abuse things to make themselves victims and it gets so it gets so weird my main thing is once you turn 8 once you turn 16 my biggest fucking thing is once you turn 16 can you go into your bathroom, look into the mirror, look at yourself, and say, I don't want a penis in my ass? If you say yes, then you don't want a penis in your ass. If you say maybe, then maybe you want a penis in your ass. And if you say yes, then you want a penis in your ass. But you can't say that at 16. The, the question is, what did she do? You know, I don't want to defend you. Everybody listening to this show knows I don't want to fucking defend James Ellsworth. Fuck him. 
But what did she do? Did she go to James Ellsworth and say, I want to suck your dick? If she did, I don't give a fuck. If she doesn't fucking... If he's 18 and she didn't say how old she is and she looks of age, he has the right to get his dick sucked. That's her using her own fucking advantage to her. It is. Now, if he came to her and said, hey, I'm James Ellsworth. How old are you? I'm 16. I want you to suck my dick. I don't want to. You're going to do it. He's wrong. A hundred percent wrong. One hundred percent wrong. I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't have the right answer, I guess, Pasty. Not in the same way. No way. Definitely not a good look. Not at all. Why do you, why do you hump fucking? <laughs> yeah. Why do you hump children? I've humped a statue of Grimace. I've humped a statue of of uh, the Jolly Green Giant. And I've humped a statue... I can't think of another thing. That's horrible. But I never once fucking humped a statue of a little child. Fuck that. Right. No, I mean, fun is fun. If you're going to do that, that's fine. I, you know, the worst thing is, if you're going to fuck a statue of a child, go ahead and do it. But don't fuck a child. And if you're going to fuck a child, don't fucking fuck a statue of a child. I mean, yeah, you can do one or the other, and it's okay, but you can't fucking do them both because we're going to find you. We're going to find you. That's your problem. Allegedly. And I don't know. I, I haven't looked up recently. I had heard that there was more photos that come out. Has there 
been any photos that were actually sexual that have been released, Pasty? The photos I... Did you DM her? Why not? No, we have a fucking job to do. Well, that's not true. We we owe it to our fans. Well, no, if she can give you actual... Basically, if she could give you actual pictures of her of his shit, that's not. Yeah, we owe it to them. Why would we talk about it if we can't actually follow through on it? I, I honestly have not found anything other than, like, him with his wrestling trunks on that have been actually released. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, this week on Busted Open Radio, Dave LaGracia and Bully Ray had the big show in the studio and compared the differences in the WWE locker room from the Attitude Era locker room. Show said some surprising things, like there's not enough competition between superstars in the locker room, and that everyone is really too, quote, nice to each other. He also touched on the younger guys getting classic ring psychology wrong and big guys bumping for smaller guys, as well as the fact that unless he has the opportunity to work with you in the ring more than once, he probably actually has no idea who you are or even what your name is. That's kind of sad, Pacey. Right. That's really sad. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, they don't need him to fucking strive. They need the guys that he's working with, to be honest. I, I mean, I guess that's old school thinking, but to be honest, Pacey, he was a nobody who came up in WCW who ended up beating Hulk Hogan in his very first match wrestling 
on top. Well, well fucking having a having a uh, monster truck sumo wrestling match on top of a building in which he got thrown off of. And then having a wrestling match that exact same fucking night. It's that's not the story we need. I love good stories. I love good wrestlers. Paul White is an amazing athlete who has done great things in his time as a pro wrestler, but come on. You've done some shitty shit, and some of the guys out here are doing so much better than you. Who are you to fucking say they're fucking up? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sounds right. Pacey JR took one hell of a spill this week, though, also, and tweeted, yeah, he tweeted a picture of his scraped, bruised, and busted face, along with the message, quote, took a bad, oh, excuse me, bump last night, the concrete went over, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, still going to football tonight. Hashtag Boomer Sooner. Excuse me. I know. Though we here at Beef Sticks have knowledge that Vince caught wind of his affiliation with the AEW. Fuck. I'm having a problem, Pacey. Fuck. Holy shit. I've been talking to you for four hours. All of a sudden, this shit just fucking happened. Holy fuck. I guess not. Um, this... uh, So I'm going to say something, and I'm going to say something that is... I'm not... I'm No, I'm not going to say it, because it's, it's just not worth the backlash. Um, Enzo Mori, what the fuck, man? You have no purpose being there. And let's be honest, if you're going to be there, 
sit there and watch the fucking show. He is a former WWE superstar. He is a pro wrestler. He should realize that the most disgraceful thing you can do to a pro wrestler is to take attention away from their pro wrestling match that they are in. What I I I don't do you know Pacey? I've not seen. Do you know what match this took place during? Okay. So you hear so much about wrestlers that are upset about beach balls and about CM Punk chants and about everything else. Why, as somebody who's a fucking wrestler, would you stand up and take any, any, this doesn't hurt WWE, this doesn't hurt Vince McMahon, this doesn't hurt Triple H, this doesn't hurt Titan Sports, this doesn't hurt any of them motherfuckers. The only thing, yeah, the only person that you're drawing attention away from are the people in the ring who are working their fucking asses off and putting their bodies on the fucking line to entertain us fans. You're a fucking asshole, Enzo Amore. That's what I fucking want to say. No, he got the shit beat out of him by fucking security there at the show, which was kind of funny as as a pro wrestler to see him just get fucking... I mean, I know he was caught off guard, so don't get me wrong, but to see him kind of get fucked up was funny. And, you know, I know he had his uh, his show coming up there, or you did you say, Pacey, that it was during that weekend? Oh, so it's the day before. So he isn't even getting any extra people. So the 13 people that showed up, yeah, the 13 people that showed up, he isn't getting any more people. It's only 13 people that showed up to his show. So he's not even getting extra people. So get the fuck out of here. That is so immature. That is so wrong. That is so unprofessional. That is just... I'm not even a pro wrestler, Pacey. Why am I? And you know what the worst? Yeah, but you know what the worst thing was, Pacey? There are... 12 videos minimum of this. That's that's fucked up. He doesn't deserve them. He doesn't deserve it. Right? Oh, and let's not talk about the motherfucker that he sent to the hospital that had to get stretchered out. Somebody did a stretcher job, pasty. Uh, probably didn't need it. I'll be the first to say probably didn't need it. From the video I seen, he probably fell on some dude that hurt himself slightly. But fuck yeah, 
If I was there, I'd stretcher job the shit out of that and make that son of a bitch pay me $76,000 for rehabilitation. Why do it? Why do it? Why does he do it? He put that text out afterwards. He put a tweet saying, I'm still 100% certified. That's what he put out after that. I love how you get fucking ripped out of your seat out of sh- out of a show. Fall down on the floor. And you think that's what 100% certified means. <laughs> I'm 100% certified. So when I go to shows, <laughs> I get ripped out of the seats. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is worse than that. Okay. Okay, Pacey. We had the 10 on 10 Survivor Series elimination kickoff show match. Never exists. Nope. Fucking weird. Fucking weird. Fucking weird. Fuck. not the sole survivor. You can't be the sole survivor unless you win. He wasn't the sole survivor. Okay, so he wasn't the sole survivor. Yeah. Yeah. 
I really like this. I love that they got busted open early on. I honestly think that they purposely busted open early on. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, with that being said, I'm not going to lie where I think that Vince McMahon told Nia Jax to purposely bust open or to injure uh, Becky. I think he said, hey, here's an extra uh, 25, 50 stacks. Bust Becky open. Get her the fuck out of here. We all know that he didn't want Becky to be the one, quote unquote. And he got her the fuck out of there. Easily. And all of a sudden, now, WWE has literally Control-C, Control-V'd from Becky to Charlotte and is just giving Charlotte Becky's character for some weird reason, which is awkward. Yeah, but even so, isn't Becky... Did you... Do you know anything about uh, Ross McDowell? Uh, on on Raw this week, Becky... Or not Becky. Uh, Charlotte <laughs> is completely the Becky character, apparently. She has completely owned the Becky, uh, quote, Stone Cold Becky Austin character... And WWE is piping in cheers for Charlotte, even when they're cheering for Ronda. And they've basically, this is where, Pasty, as much as you disliked me saying this, this is where I got the Control-C, Control-V from, is that WWE seems to be trying to make Charlotte the new Becky, which is the Control-C, Control-V which makes me wonder, did they fucking ask Nia Jax to fuck up Becky to get rid of the person who was fucking up what they wanted in the first place? I would hope like hell they'd never do that, but God, there's a small part of me that thinks they might. God. Becky, yeah, yeah, that was deep. I think... Pacey, Pacey, I think you need to uh, watch Raw and... I'm pretty sure they've replaced Becky with Charlotte. It kind of seems like that. But um, that being said, this match was awesome. I loved it. I thought this was one of the best matches of the year, Pasty. Fucking fantastic. I enjoyed every second. Yep. Oh, well, let me let me say that. 
Let me see. Let me say this, though. This is what pissed me off. Every pay-per-view, people go outside of the ring. They use random weapons. And we, we fucking just look at it as, oh, they're outside of the ring. It's weapons. It's not a big deal. They don't do it. Whatever. They don't need to be disqualified. And in this match, for some reason, randomly out of nowhere, she's disqualified for using weapons when they're outside of the ring. Literally, the fucking night before, we seen the fucking uh, Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Champa outside of the ring using chairs, tables, fucking everything under the sun. They didn't get disqualified for some reason. When all of a sudden she, uh, uh, Charlotte uses uh, kendo stick, she's disqualified. Why? Just make rules consistent. Just make rules consistent. If you're outside of the ring and things are wrong, I, I talked about it earlier. It was a third of the fucking match was outside of the ring with Velveteen Dream and all that. They had tables. They had chairs. They had every fucking thing. And all of a sudden, for no reason, this one, they decided, oh, it's a disqualification. Fuck you. Just be consistent is all I ask. I, I I agree, but let's just be consistent. Let's not let's not the night before do the same thing. You know what I mean? That 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 route for sure. And then we had Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Pacey, you and I disagree with this completely, so I'm going to let you go first.
Okay. So I have two questions that I would ask you. The first would be, what if you got this match with AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar instead of Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar? Was it no? This was basically Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan at the last minute looking at AJ Daniel Bryan and saying, fuck, I suppose we can probably do this. You don't think so, but they they didn't. Like, they didn't have a good match. Well, they didn't. So they didn't have a good match. No, they didn't. No, fuck my eyes. I'm telling you, I'm, they didn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about this other than it was, it was enjoyable. I liked it. I did like it. But as far as a Brock Lesnar match or a Daniel Bryan match, as far as a Daniel Bryan match, where would you rank this? Okay, so as a Brock Lesnar match, where would you rank this? I'll give you I'll give you that. I would say Goldberg also, but yeah. Yep. I'll give you okay with that. I don't think I don't think it's Daniel Bryan or Brock Lesnar's fault. I just don't think that it was a match that A anybody asked I mean nobody asked for it. Nobody was sitting there that said, Fuck, we need Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar. And then when we got it, yeah. And then when we watched it, it, it was like, yeah. And then then when we watched it, it was like, no, no. Even when we watched it, it was like, well, we didn't need to see it. It was okay. When we saw AJ Brock Lesnar, that was good. This happened. I don't know. It was it was a it was a squash match. It was a long. It was a long. Well, it was a long. That's that's kind of that's kind of my problem. It was a long squash match. Like there was no point where Daniel Bryan seemed like he even had. Possibility of winning. You thought Brock Lesnar was going to tap? No, you didn't. Shut up. No, you didn't. I'm already, I'm shutting you down. 
I'm shutting you down, Pasty, right now. I'm shutting you down that, no, you did not think Brock Lesnar was going to tap. I'm going to shut that down. No, there isn't even... Shut up! Did he tap? Okay, so you didn't think he was going to tap. Shut up. You don't even get to say that. You you don't even get to say that, Pasty. You thought Brock Lesnar was going to tap to Daniel Bryan. You... Was the story... I would give you the benefit of the doubt of saying that possibly that could have happened. Listen. Listen. You're not going to listen? I don't get to talk. Okay. Yep. His psychology was to get beaten until I lose, and then after I get a three count, I'm going to win. Is what you just said. No, shut up! Shut up, Pacey! Is that not what you just said? What did you say? That he's going to beat me down until I get beat, and then I'm going to lose. And Brian won. When did that happen? Was there a point when, when Brock Lesnar... No, shut up! That's not a true statement you can make. Ninety percent of the listeners think that Daniel Bryan won. Okay, so while we're watching the Universal Championship match versus the WWE Championship match, Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, okay? They got together. Brock Lesnar suplexed him four times, maybe? Okay, okay. There's more than that. Okay. We'll say five. We'll say five. And Daniel Bryan. Yeah. All of those things made you made you think that Daniel Bryan was going to win. Every single one of those things. The three times he kicked Brock Lesnar in the head. What did he do? I'm asking. I've watched the match about four times now. I've told you my opinion. Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan. He squashed the motherfucker. It hurts Daniel Bryan as a heel. It doesn't help Brock Lesnar. And we've fucked up a whole fucking match where we could have fucking built somebody who we are newly turning heel that could be a great fucking 
cornerstone for Fox's SmackDown Live. That was my point. But okay, so that's fine. I'm okay with that, Pacey, but then don't say that it's... So don't say that he got the best out of this match. Say that, yes, he, he fucking phoned it in so that he's going to go out somewhere else. He didn't. This this is bullshit. This was not a good match in any aspect of any fucking pro wrestling match. Melter is given fucking seven point ratings out of a five point. So you're saying that Daniel Bryan is a Japanese wrestler. I'm, I'm literally just quoting what you said, Pasty. I am! Shut up! You just said that! <laughs> I love you too. But Daniel Bryan is not Japanese. <laughs> 